Broadcasting live around the globe from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. This is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, and I will be presenting reports and evidence of some of the most astonishing paranormal claims. I'm joined by my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and our director and producer, Miguel Cantu, who'll be monitoring the chat room and phone line. We have a fantastic show for you tonight that will open your minds to the infinite possibilities to explain our universe. Get comfortable and prepare yourself for the best paranormal show in the world. This is Paranormal Analytical. Hello and welcome everybody to Paranormal Analytical. My name is Eddie Hill and I'm your host for the show. And I'd also like to welcome my other co-host. I have Renee Rodriguez. Howdy y'all. And I also have Dylan Holiday, also known as the Big Quincy. And we have a great show, as we always do, and hopefully we won't run into any technical difficulty like we always do, although we already have, just prior to the Uh, show. But we love that because it keeps us on our toes, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Come on, we actually hate it. y'all Very are supposed bad. to Real be bad. a little bit more supportive here for me, guys. But uh, <laughs> we are going to be discussing the Rendlesham Forest incident, which I know that's one of uh, Renee's favorite subjects because he really likes that uh, the Rendlesham Forest. I think it's a really cool thing, and uh, we've got uh, some good information to share on it as well. And we also have Dylan Holiday, who's been doing some homework. And uh, basically, I think he's going to give us some of the background, give us opinions on it. And uh, then we're going to go from there and see what we can come up with as far as what's been taking place. So, uh, Dylan, with that in mind, buddy, do you want to let everybody know what you find out as far as the Rendlesham Forest? Of course. But first, let me just do a little disclaimer here. I know when we first had the argument and we talked about doing Rendlesham, I said I was going to debunk it. But after thinking about it, <laughs> I figured, I'm, oh, I know, you two think I couldn't possibly debunk it. That's I'm not going to debunk it. I'm going to just give my opinion as someone who is a skeptic on the subject. Um, because I do think that there are certain things that did happen. So, to waste no more time, the Rendlesham Forest incident. 
December 26, 1980, were in Suffolk, England, okay? Colonel Charles Holt uh, was stationed at the RAF Woodbridge facility as a deputy commander. Uh, Charles went to get the day before's logs, basically indicating everything that happened that day, and the person at the desk told him, quote, yesterday, three soldiers were out chasing UFOs. And he thought it was kind of a joke. He, he got a nice little chuckle. And the person behind the desk was laughing too, but the person said, no, I'm, I'm actually serious. You had three soldiers chasing UFOs. He asked what the soldiers saw, and in reply he was told, unusual lights. Okay. On the 27th, they were having a Christmas party, uh, and, the and the commander in, in charge of Holt told him that the UFO was back. Um, so Holt took a group, and when they got to the crash location, crash location in quotes, um, there were five full cars of men already there. So pretty much 60 soldiers in all, about 60 soldiers. We see that. Thank you, Eddie. We appreciate your shirt. <laughs> um, so there are some things that came out like, for example, they tested radiation at the crash site. And the radiation at the crash, crash site... Oh, my dog's already going. The radiation at the crash site was ten times the normal radiation level. I don't know what... Background radiation level. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and after five minutes of watching, uh, an orb that appeared in the distance. It was an orange orb. Um, so basically what had happened was they were focusing on the crash site and um, nothing was there. But they did see three little marks where it looked like maybe there was some landing gear. And one of the, one of the soldiers looked up into the woods, I believe to like the southeast, and said, um, you know, sir, there's a a glowing light back there and he was like yeah i see that and this is all on audio recording they they audio recorded everything and um they're talking about this orange reddish light and how it's getting closer to them and then they describe it breaking into five smaller orbs and at that point five ships are spotted and that's pretty much the story as I will get into it. Now, Eddie here has another part of the story he's going to tell because I don't understand it enough. So, Eddie, if you would please tell us about Mr. Binary Code Soldier. Okay, so one of the, I guess, the security personnel or security police that uh, actually went to go investigate this craft... As he got to the location, he saw this craft hovering just a few feet off the ground. Now, when this craft was hovering, he noticed that it was, uh, as he got closer, that it became a little bit warmer. And he literally reached out and he touched this thing. So after he touched this, this object that was floating there in the forest, he could feel like a slight hum or a vibration. And he could see all these, uh, uh, I guess for a better lack of term, like hieroglyphics on the side of this craft which appear to be uh, symbols like you would find maybe in ancient Egypt, that kind of a thing. But when he touched it, all these zeros and ones 
started flashing through his head and they were just flashing and flashing and flashing and the neat thing about what happened here is that his partner that was with him the other security police officer that's there on base uh they they both had their watches synced on base because they both you know that you have to keep your your timepieces synced when you're in the military like that and dealing with different uh, things for uh uh logging different stuff and keeping that you know everything together well, after they finished, they realized that their watches were off by, you know, more than just, you know, five or ten minutes, and which could actually be a malfunction in one of the watches or both of them. I mean, so you can't really say that that's an exact, but for it to happen on that day, it's kind of a coincidence. And I'm I'm one of those people that really don't believe in, uh, in, in uh, that kind of a thing. I, I believe that if something happens, it happens for a reason. I don't believe too much in a, in a coincidence per se, but the thing was, is that as they were, uh, as time went on, they told their, uh, the base commander and, you know, of course they made the report on this thing because it did leave and it took off at a, at a very high speed and it returned and then left. And when the base commander got a hold of it, he was like, this is just BS. You know, this is just not happening, guys. You know, I'm going to go out there and look for myself. Well, when he showed up, he found the impressions into the in the grassy area where this saucer or this uh, vehicle or whatever you want to call it landed. And after it landed there, they actually, when, like Dylan was saying, it was picking up a, a lot of radiation and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, he found that kind of odd. Well, he left, and then, you know, I think it was like a day or two later, he was at some uh, base party of some sort, and they went and got him and said, sir, that craft, it's back. And he's like, what? He goes, it's back. So he immediately left with some other security personnel. They went back to the forest where he actually witnessed this thing as well. Uh, a report was actually written up and sent to the Ministry of Defense there in the UK, and basically nothing happened it was uh ignored for whatever reason but later in life as uh you know as, as these two other security po policemen they they you know were retired from the military and what have you you know he he had written all these zeros and ones in his notepad that night the night of it, the occurrence because they just kept playing over and over and over and over in his head so he started writing, you know, zero one 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 zero zero one one one, which is a binary code. He didn't think much of it. He didn't even recognize it as a binary code at the time. But after he had retired, and he had literally met up with his partner from so long ago, they started talking about that incident. He goes, "You know what? I still got my notebook on that." And he went and pulled it out, and he was showing him all these zeros and ones. And his partner said, "You know what?" He goes, "That's binary code, man." He goes, "We ought to see if we can translate that," and they did, and. The cool thing about that is that after the translation was done on that binary code, let me see if I can pull it up over here real quick. Um, I'll uh, I'll tell you exactly what it said on that binary code, and uh, we'll go over that. Unless you have that information, Renee. Yeah, I got it right here. It says exploration of humanity six 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 eighty one hundred, and it looks like it gives a longitude and latitude. 52.094253 north and 13.131269 west. It's supposedly by Brazil. Well, actually, it's 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 actually close to and off the shorelines of Ireland, where there was a uh, an island once stood. It's no longer there. 
there but they can look back in in prior maps and see that there was a uh there there was a an island at that location once upon a time but there's no telling what or why they would send them to that point well the, the, the message continues so after the coordinates it says continuous for planetary advan fourth coordinate can continue before more coordinates more coordinates more coordinates more coordinates more coordinates more coordinates eyes of your eyes origin another coordinate 52 by 094253 north by 13.13269 west origin year 8100 Wow. So if this is correct, and what if I, what I'm understanding from the translation of the binary, uh, origin year 8100, that's in the year 8100. Can you imagine? I mean, are these time travelers? Are, are these, is what was this ship ours and it just came back to do whatever it needed to do? Or, or well, maybe they were before, maybe it was, is 8100 years before is, you know, n- not 8100 in the future. Because you said it was by an island that doesn't exist anymore, correct? Try again. I didn't hear you. That uh, the coordinates you told me, they said I said it was Brazil, but you said it was by Ireland. Correct. Uh, the actual island? the actual island where the coordinates pinpoint was found to be close to the shores of Ireland, offshore, in in that area somewhere, and uh, there was a pinpoint for it. Now they do believe at one point in time there was an uh, an island. That was there. It's not there any longer, but it was there at one time. And this and this island, they have no idea what it was inhabited by or who or what. But it is so deep right now that to actually go down and explore it would probably cost a, a ton of money, which nobody's probably willing to uh, put forth in order to uh, explore this thing. So, I mean, we've got... And see, and that's the other crazy thing, is that we've got so many anomalies, but we can't put funding to go dig them up or find it just like that other uh anomaly that was found uh off the coastline i forget where it was at but it was like a big disc and it looks like it scraped across the ocean floor before coming to a stop oh the one looks like millennium falcon yes exactly that one and then but yet we have that and there's nobody coming forward to uh fund that uh, expedition you know and yet we have people funding expeditions to you know, go find some BS somewhere, you know, which, you know, really means nothing, you know, when we could be out, you know, searching for these items and these artifacts that could give us answers to our own future or even to our own past. Well, I I do believe there's a, there is a expedition to that, to the uh, UFO. There was, but it was, but it was, uh, it was canceled and they ran out of money and nobody was willing to put forth the money to uh, continue it. They did send divers down there. They were able to carbon date some of that stuff, which was very, very, very old. Um, so apparently this thing's been on the bottom of the uh, of the, the ocean there for thousands of years. You know, so, I mean, it is what it is. And, Renee, we just lost video on you, buddy. Oh, great. Can you hear me, though? I hear you, but, yeah, we, we got a gray screen on you, kind of flickering. I- I have his video. I don't know why, why you don't. Eddie, you have the... Well, this is actually this is actually yeah. on Facebook that we lost him. Oh, wow. I do want to say Lovely. something just as a plug for um, the book that you can purchase. I think it's like $10 on Amazon, which is super cheap for a book. It's called The Halt Perspective, and it was written by Colonel Charles Halt. 
and he goes in and talks about what he saw and um he's an older guy now um but yeah he talks about everything and everything's really well documented i think i'm gonna pick up a copy of the book i just haven't got around to it yet there's um, an there's another book now <clears throat> if y'all will do me the favor and keep talking about this i am going to try real hard to get a hold of a buddy of mine and i'm going to try and pull him in here uh even on a skype call he just finished reading a book on the Rendlesham Forest, and he was highly recommending it. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but it's uh, he was just telling me about it today, and he was just really, really intrigued by it. So continue onward. I'm going to shut my mic off for a moment and see if I can get a hold of him and bring him on. I wasn't going to get into how I feel on all this and why I feel the way until the end with my final thought, much like Jerry Springer or The View. <laughs> but... Um, I guess I'll get into that now. So the parts that I believe, um, I believe they actually saw what they saw in the forest. I do believe that the radiation was times 10, the normal level of radiation, or you said background radiation is what it, what it's called. Yes. Right? I do believe that they saw an orange light. Um, the part that I don't, the part that it loses me is the binary part. Really? Yeah, that is kind of hard to believe. Uh, look, I'm willing to buy, I'm even willing to buy that they saw five ships. And that's from someone who doesn't believe in aliens at all. I'm willing to believe all that uh, just because it's on recording. It's on audio recording. The part that I cannot believe is the, is the binary part. That's really the part that for me, that's too far. You know, he could have, this guy could have easily had his book, had an idea of binary went through and just started jotting you know stuff into the notebook afterwards because he saw the fame that holt was getting you know it's just one of those things um and it's hard because all of these things are like past tense like nobody came forward immediately and the investigations were all canceled immediately you know um holt himself kept this quiet um well they were they were instructed not to say anything yeah, they were ordered by the commander that they cannot talk about it, period. Well, somebody came back early. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and I know, because um, looking into it, yes, they were ordered not to say anything. But I feel like at some point, um, how, do you keep, how do you keep 60 people quiet? Well, uh, you sign a military contract, you, you be quiet or something bad's going to happen to your family. Yeah, no, that, that's no kidding, Dylan. I mean, in, in the military... You are bound by secrecy. They will come after you. They yeah. will lock you up in Leavenworth for the remaining days of your life because they own you. Or you may start having stuff happen to your family as well. You have no earthly clue what the heck's going to go on. No. And especially yeah. something of a high secrecy like this. Yeah, like I said, as someone who, you know, I know nothing about the military. I know nothing about any of that. I was unaware that that's like the, the, the seriousness that th this has. Oh, yeah. Um, you will go away and never come back. <laughs> but wasn't Holt like? I mean, he was pretty high up there. Like he was, he was a colonel. Yeah. But that, but he—that's nothing in the military when you're talking about this level of security, this level of things that have happened. As far as the, the what they saw, that goes under the most up top secret uh, of military codes. I mean, you cannot break silence on these things, and if you do, you're you're going to pretty much regret it, and they well, will so make an example of you. When you talk about um, aliens and a show that I want to do in the future is obviously Roswell. Um, when you talk about aliens and spaceships and sightings and all that, um, 
Roswell and Rendlesham. Those are the big two. Okay. Uh, um, don't forget Betty and Barney Hill, which was the very first abduction case. Well, theirs is interesting also, but theirs is interesting in its own way just because of, of the constellations and how, how in depth that whole thing well, is. Well, not like, only that, but you got to no, remember back then, back then, just for a, uh, a couple like Betty and Barney Hill interracial. interracial couple like that to come forward was bad enough because that was highly, highly frowned upon, you know, and then to, t then to come out and say that, Oh, by the way, you know, we're married and uh, yeah, we were abducted by aliens and we were both probed and uh, he had some semen taken from him. I had my ovums prodded, you know, and all this other stuff. I mean, they were bringing on a, a shroud of, not only disbelief, but a shroud of hatred that they had to bear, but they brought it forward because they wanted to make sure that this story got out. They wanted to make sure that people knew what happened to them and it could happen to them as well. So they, they faced all of this bad stuff just to come out. And, and you know what they got for it? Nothing. They didn't get anything for it, you know? Uh, but they did save the dress that uh, Betty had. And that dress had some kind of weird residue stuff on it that they that no one could ever figure out what exactly it was. You know, there was a lot of uh, uh, speculation as far as what, what the residue on it was, as far as chemical uh, based or, you know, what it could be. But nevertheless, I mean, it was uh, that dress was saved and they've got all kinds of, st uh, of uh, statements. And, and Betty even recalled a star map. Okay, which, you know, she says was given to her by these aliens or what have you that she remembered. It was kind of embedded into her head. But the here's the catcher. I mean, this is the cool thing about it. When all this took place, these stars and the star map that she had that they that was embedded into her mind. This was something that as a everyday person without the use of the big humongous telescopes would never know those stars existed. There was nothing in there. But when some this one guy was happened to be looking at her drawing, he said, I know where that is. And he pulled up the star map and he was able to pinpoint and find that exact star constellation which she drew and showed where these creatures said they were from. And it's, this isn't something that just your everyday Joe Blow knew about or could even see or had a computer to go look up. This is something that if you wanted to know about it, you had to physically get up, go study the astronomy books and find out what was beyond our reach and what we saw and then try and copy it down exactly. It wasn't anything you could just pull up. So you got to remember the difficulty that people had back in the day in, in order to gather this kind of information if they were trying to build a lie. See, so the luxury that I have on my end over here on YouTube that you guys don't have is, is I'm able to pull up images. So I just showed that my stream the the constellation that she drew um i'm able to do that um well see i could I, do that too if you send it to me <laughs> you want me to send it to you i can send it to you um it's a it's but it's not an intricate i mean uh constellations okay it's not an intricate constellation well no it's a it's a pencil drawing she drew it well no oh, but this is like i don't think they have an actual copy of like the paper but what i'm seeing is is it's like a bunch of lines <laughs> It's a like, bunch oh, of lines, but she I drew right that here. with she she drew that it was on a piece of paper with a pencil. Did you see a drawn one today? I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the star okay. map, Zachary Tikalai, uh, Tau Ceti, 
Alpha Mensa, Zeta 2, Zeta 1. Yeah, and it shows like everything and, and what they are. So like, yeah, you have the sun, you have uh, some Latin, I would imagine these are. Oh, God, yeah. Zeta 2 Redico. <laughs> I don't know what anything I'm reading is. Alpha Mensa. Yeah, so their story is an interesting one, though, um, just because, yeah, exactly. Everything is against them. Everything is against them. Society is against them. Just overall belief at that time was against them because I'm not familiar. When was there? Um, when did they come out and say that this happened? I don't know exactly. Uh, this was back in 1960 something, I think. 1961. Yeah. So, yeah, this was after, and we talked about it uh, on one of these shows. This was after the government shut down, like Project Blue Book. This is when the government said, like, all right, we're done. Um, this is, well, no, 67 would have been, it would have still, Blue Book would have still been happening, but the government had already said that aliens don't exist and we need to quit looking. Um, for that 10 year period from like the fifties to the sixties, they were looking and yeah, we got into that with, um, when we did our show on the Philadelphia experiment, we were talking about that a little bit. So yeah, everything is against them. The government was against them, society was against them, and social norms were against them. And um, their story is, it, it's its a very vivid story to my understanding. And and they actually lasted, like, really long, too, which is something that's so great that they, they you know, went to the grave with their stories, you know. And nobody really was able to say that they were wrong. Well, I, um, I like the fact that they were brave enough to stand up, even under all the... Uh, being looked at so negatively as a couple and everything else back in the day and they were able to come forward with this story they were brave enough to come forward with the story and said you know what people need to know we're going to do this we're going to go forward and and they did you know which i have the greatest amount of respect for them for being able to do that i mean that was just awesome of them um today i mean it wouldn't have been such a big deal but back then you know what that was a big deal and, and people don't realize how big of a deal that was for Betty and Barney Hill to come forward and actually bring this information out. But I, th I think we got a little bit away from what we were actually talking about as far as the Rendlesham Forest, but this is just such a juicy well, case. But, but, it's, oh, but it's important fine. to talk about this, though, because first off, I mean, we do have two hours. We, you know, we're not playing as many ads anymore, so we do have two hours to fill. So it's still important to talk about these hey, things. I, I, I still want troll spray. Oh, well, I have got it right here. We have troll <laughs> spray right here. That was such an odd commercial. Oh, yeah, get your troll spray for, you know, any any radio Hey, Tony, how you doing? My, my brother Tony, uh, he's from the UK. He just joined up. And uh, he's just an, he's an awesome guy, everybody. If uh, you would just uh, go and like his page, too. He, uh, he He's so cool. He's, he's, uh, he's retired, and he was... Uh, in law enforcement, you know, and, and all that over there in the United Kingdom. But, uh, Tony, if you know anything about the Rendlesham Forest incident, could you type that out there in the comments below? Because I know that's right up your alley in your backyard. So uh, it'd be cool if uh, you could kind of like tell a story a little bit if you know anything about that case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just these stories are just so fascinating, you know. It just It's incredible. And the Rendlesham Forest, you know, by far – is one of the best known and most talked about and it's also logged in as an actual occurrence within the ministry of defense in the united kingdom so i mean that is just so fascinating that that is actually there 
the one thing I'll say that's, that I love about Rendlesham is it's not like they said, oh, it was just a weather balloon. <laughs> you, know, you know, it was just a flare over okay, the city here, of Los Okay, here Angeles. we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, you, you just got me started on this on this whole thing with the weather balloon. I mean, come on, Dylan. It's, I'm so sorry, No, everybody. no, but I mean, it just, it just irks me because, I mean, here you have, okay, in New Mexico, Roswell, a crashed flying saucer. Farmer says, hey, we got this craft over here. It's all broken up into millions of pieces. There's a couple of bodies out here. Number one, they want us to believe that the farmer can't tell the difference between two crash test dummies and, and real bodies, number one. Okay? So now we got a farmer that's an idiot. Okay? But before they say he's an idiot, they come out and say, we've got a saucer, a disc, a flying saucer in our custody. Boom. Makes the front page of the papers. Wow. Check this out. United States military's got their hands on this extraterrestrial craft. Okay? So you got this craft that's out there. So now all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, um, you shouldn't have said that. We're awful sorry. We made a mistake. We got our hands on a weather balloon. If the United States military cannot freaking tell the difference between a freaking flying saucer or a craft of some sort and a, and a weather balloon with crash test dummies, I mean, seriously. I mean, you've got to be a literal literal moron to sit there and believe that story after they changed it from a flying saucer to a weather balloon. I mean, how do you believe that? You know, I'd have laughed them right off the dang front page. I'd have been like, you know what? Y'all are just, you know, <laughs> full of it. And, and you know, we're going to prove you wrong. And, and to this day, we're still trying to prove them wrong because they covered it up so well. But we do have people coming forward and talking about that incident and what they've seen, including where these supposed crash test dummies were placed inside of a hangar and these other, of course, military personnel saw them and said, you know what, uh, those aren't crash test dummies. You know, those are uh, biological beings of some sort, you know, little bitty things with big eyes. So we do have people that come forward. The problem is, is that we have so many people that, can, that are saying, well, you know, uh, maybe the military's right. You know, and and you're like, how can that possibly be? You're admitting that the military are idiots and they can't tell the difference between a weather balloon and a UFO. And this is our first line of defense. Seriously. You know, I would. And, and that brings back another point. OK, see, so you got me on my soapbox again, Dylan. Yeah, you know, you better get down, and, son. And let's and let's talk about for, for just a moment, the Battle of Los Angeles, where the military pumps all these thousands of rounds in the air at this craft that was a weather balloon too yeah and they say it's a craft and you got what 1500 rounds or more being fired at it and yet uh they can't hit it you know you can't hit a freaking weather balloon floating by with howitzers and anti-aircraft weapons and and all that i mean seriously come on i mean if that would have been a plane it would have fell out of the sky without a doubt a weather balloon would have been annihilated. You know, there was people on the ground killed by shrapnel over 10 miles away, you know, falling out of the sky while they're blasting at this thing in the sky and they can't seem to hit it. Okay. And, oh, uh, yeah, that we made a mistake. That's That wasn't enemy planes. That was a, that was a weather balloon. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. actually, I filmed a UFO. This was years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. I had my camcorder. My daughter saw something floating in the sky, and she said, look, what is that? And I grabbed my camcorder and I started filming it. It looked it was silver. It was like, wow, it looks like a UFO. Went back and looked at it. It was a balloon. It was a Mylar balloon. But that's different. Sure. Remember, I sent you that video when I was coming back from uh, dropping off that Harley down south. Remember that video or that picture that I sent you of what I thought was kind of odd? It was silver and it was uh, hanging out in one spot. And it wasn't until we blew it up that we could see that was a weather balloon or, or not a weather balloon, but it was a blimp. Remember that, Renee? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so, I mean, you can make these mistakes, but I mean, we're talking the United States military uh, that opened fire with 1,500 rounds, 1,500 plus rounds at this thing. They're not just going to open up. But really, who, who's really going to believe that? Who, who yeah. is dumb I enough mean, to believe that's well, going to be? Because they had the, the Battle of Los Angeles is an interesting one also, because not only the weather balloon was not the first thing they said it was. At first, they had said, oh, it must be some type of military flares. They did what they did with the Phoenix Lights. They said, oh, it must be it must be flares. And then all the military personnel were like, no, we were shooting at this thing. We know the difference between a flare and a... Uh, and a spaceship or whatever, you know, weather balloon. And they're like, this was no flare. So then they're like, okay, it was a weather balloon. And, you know, on that topic, the one extraterrestrial story that I believe is the Phoenix lights. That is the one because there's too many people. There's too many people for me to say no. Well, absolutely. And not only that, but the new, the the news and, and different people like that were even putting forth information, telling people do not fire on this craft. Because, you know, that, that's why that craft didn't appear here in Texas, because they knew all of us would have been jumping out, shooting at the damn thing. You know, it would have been like, ah, like it's like, ah, shoot that. Yeah. Oh, hell no. We're opening fire. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you're in you're I, in our land now, buddy. You know, so yeah. and, and that, that's the difference, I think, between like Texas and most other places. We'll open fire on you. We're, we don't care. You know, we'll we'll shoot you we where you are. We are. Our guns. <laughs> we are obsessed with our guns. <clears throat> I love my guns. To me. It's so interesting that you guys have, because you guys even have what you have in Dublin. Um, Dublin being a, a huge sandbox for extraterrestrial Dublin, activity. Texas. Remember that, Renee? Yes. Are you talking about the... Uh, the, the UFO the sightings nine, from Dublin? Uh, what, what year was that? Um, that was in, uh, shoot, I, you know what? 2008. Yeah. That was the same, that was actually, I remember that was the same year that I saw... My, my, my giant crowd that flew over my house. Hey, everybody, just real quick, just to let you know, we have Randy Cole on here. And uh, Randy is uh, going to be one of our uh, special guests on the show as well. And we're going to be talking about an incident that he had back when he was on patrol. And he's a former police officer as well. So, uh, you know, say hi to Randy, everybody, and uh, welcome him to the, to the show. But uh, he's going to, he's got a, a very, very fascinating story that, I don't know how to classify. I actually, I've never, out of all the stories and out of all the different, uh, you know, hauntings, UFO sightings, cryptid sightings, all this stuff, as far as the paranormal goes, I have never heard a story like his, but you're going to hear it on here and he's going to be coming here pretty soon. So I'll give you all the updates whenever he's going to show up and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that as well. So, uh, yeah, Randy J. Cole, everybody. So, if you, you know, he's on the text messages or on the, the chat 
right now you can go on there and click like on his page and tell him hello but uh yeah it's going to be great and uh we've got uh anna Tanella. hey how you doing you know we haven't seen you in forever i'm so glad that you're back and i apologize i saw your message i just haven't had a chance to get back to you we're right now getting into the uh starting to film uh for a series called anunnaki and we're going to be filming that on saturday and we're going to be doing the the sizzle reel for it so i've been like just pretty much jumping through my own shorts just trying to make stuff happen and renee's been busy with it and patrick's been busy with it and miguel he's been like all over the place trying to get stuff ready because he's the director and producer so he's like slammed and uh we've had a lot of help from uh uh jag which uh is a they, they do a lot of the road closures here, but they've been just phenomenal in, in helping us with uh, all the props and things that we need and uh, vehicles and all that to, in order to make this happen. So we appreciate JAG and all them over there. Uh, they're just great people, you know. So we, we've been doing a lot of work, so we've been real busy. But this Saturday we're going to be filming. We're going to be going live, and uh, we're going to be throwing that out there to you. So be watching Saturday. You'll we'll be doing interviews with uh, the actors as well. And uh, – we're going to have Dylan here, who's going to be going live a lot in our behalf and uh, reposting and spreading the word about uh, Anunnaki being filmed for the sizzle reel. So, you know, make yeah. sure let you all know about that. We're going to be pretty much slammed from sunup to is, very late. It's a really interesting thing because while Anunnaki is something that's so widely believed by so many of you folks, it is the one show that I can't do. Me and Eddie will kill each other. <laughs> we'll we will. Other. We will. We'll dive through the cameras and strangle each other he into the will. ground. Listen, he has guns. He's from Texas. I stand no chance. <laughs> I mean, I can take. I can take maybe four shots with because I'm cushiony, but I'm going down. You know, <laughs> like like maybe he'll pull out that elephant gun from uh, the the Deadly Dogman series. Oh, my four sixteen <laughs> Remington Magnum Safari well, grade Winchester. He'll have to take me down. It is. It's the one thing that we can't talk about. We can't do it because it, it hurts my head to talk to them about it. It was. It's just something. But you know what, Dylan? It was. It was so funny because the other night when you and I were talking aliens, I was having just a field day debating you, and you were ready to come through the phone and kill me, and it was absolutely hilarious. I loved it. It was so funny. I mean, I wish we would have done that on the show. Yeah, we work so well together that it's so insane to think that we are absolute opposites in every aspect of opposites. Like we, we do not agree on a damn thing. And the idea that I am like a skeptic who is on your show challenging you is why you challenge me back. And we will have a full on argument about this. And we can talk civilly about any other event. We can talk about the Phoenix lights. We can talk about the battle of Los Angeles. We can talk about the Rendlesham. We can talk about the Philadelphia experiment. The second you start talking to me about Anunnaki, I get 50 shades of pissed off. Is, is like it because it, your religious background? Is that what it is? No, no, no. It's not. It's it's just I don't I don't believe. Like hey, I don't we got, believe in. We we real quick. We got Chet Blue on here. Chet's another uh, brother in blue of mine. Also another biker friend, and uh, he's he's an awesome guy as well. He hasn't been on here very much, but because he gets scared of you know the paranormal and it he can't sleep at night and you know he, he wants me to come tuck him in and of course I'm not going to do that. But uh, welcome, <laughs> uh, Chet to the channel man and I'm, I'm glad you're here for the show we appreciate it uh everybody tell him hello and, and uh welcome him because he, he's a he's a really good brother in blue man i'm telling you he's a good guy 
So, so yeah, continue answer, on. I'm sorry, I just had to introduce you. No, you're fine. Uh, to answer your question, Renee, no, it has nothing to do with religion because my beliefs on religion are like different than everyone else's too. Um, I just, I don't believe in aliens for the most, like for period, for the most part. So I refuse to believe that Shut like- Shut door. I know. Uh, so I just refuse to believe it. Like, and I, I'll, I'll investigate it. I'll research it. I've done research on it. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that. It's like how I will give you guys credit of saying maybe, you know, they saw the orange ship. Maybe they even saw the five other ships at Rendlesham. But I don't believe binary code guy. I just, I can't, I well, can't wrap my head around though. Um, well, and that's how Anunnaki is for me. It's like, it's just so much. It's so much. And, it, you know, it, you're talking about something that was written hundreds of thousands of years ago, which wasn't deciphered until hundreds of thousands of years later by someone who, you know, wasn't there. There's just a lot. None of us were there. So while I don't rule it out happening, me as a reasonable thinking person and someone who constantly thinks analytically, I just can't let that in. But I am open to discussion. As I've always told Eddie and I always, when we argue about it like little girls, I always tell him I would need to see a body or talk to a scientist. Those Believe are the two aliens? things. Well, no, no, that's just my basis for things. I would need to see a body, like, because it goes outside of that. That's just my blanket for everything. Conspiracies, for ghosts, for aliens. I would need to talk to someone who knows more than my fragile 18-year-old brain knows, okay? Um, which, obviously, you guys do know more, but I would need to talk to somebody who has, has really made a life out of it and who you know has done hundreds of hours of research and, and, and who who isn't going to necessarily debate with me but they're just going to explain it to me um which i think is the difference with a lot of people in this community because everybody wants to debate and say you know oh i'm right where as me i like to think of these experiences as like teachable experiences and like learning experiences that's how i look at um all of this stuff is like a learning experience so that's why to me i'd need to talk to someone who knows more than i know um but yeah anunnaki me and eddie cannot do a show on anunnaki we will we will literally kill each other it that will be <laughs> I'm well, not that kidding. That is you. kind of a far-fetched story, though, if you think about it. I mean, you're 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 right. It, it is kind of a bizarre thing to think about that we are a slave race made by aliens that are too damn lazy to mine their own gold. Hey, just I, for I, that, I you're going to be the lead slave there, Renee. You're going to be like out in front and, with a pickaxe. My wife already beats me, whips me, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you asked so... for that. I mean, seriously. Well, sometimes that's the only one we're in the dungeon. Uh, you know, we have 50 shades of gray over here. Um, so, like, there are parts of it, though, that are reasonable. Like, it's completely reasonable, but, like, if they were coming here, they'd come here for gold to save them from solar radiation. Why? Because gold is what we use on, like, NASA space uh, stations. And, like, you know, the Chinese space stations, they're used in the space stations to combat, you know, a certain type of radiation. Is it so? I don't think it's solar, is it? It's not you solar. Oh, are you talking about the radiation about coming that. in? Yeah, that's solar radiation. Yeah, and that's why they use the gold. It like deflects right. no. or something. Hold on, hold on. I, let me go, go back here. So you're talking about mining gold, right? Yeah. So we had an interview a couple of oh, weeks ago. Um, oh, my God, what's her name? The one with the uh, demon house. Um, 
Kristen Lee. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Kristen Lee. Kristen Lee. Yes, Kristen the- Lee. She was talking about one of the questions I asked her is if there was any kind of secrets that they revealed to her. And she was talking about the white gold extending life. Remember that? Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> so this is supposedly this is one of the things that Alchemist has been trying to find for thousands of years is trying to find this particular way of making this white gold because it's supposed to give you a super long life and it's supposed to make you super healthy. So maybe, maybe I, I know the whole anarchy thing you don't anarchy thing you don't believe. Maybe that's why they were mining the gold. Maybe it wasn't because of their shielding whatever other planet. Maybe they were looking, you know, to make that white gold for to extend their life. Yeah. So um, that's something that I thought about when I was first researching this too, because to want gold in the abundance that they supposedly wanted gold in, and and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this monkey wrench in it, and it's a thinking point. Okay, if they can chemically make people, why can't they chemically make gold? Chemically make people. Yeah, like they were they were doing like bioengineering and making, you know, people. It wasn't like something that they they just, you know, started having sex and reproducing. It it wasn't like that. We, we were made that. like in a lab or whatever, to my understanding. It was all like done through laboratory and splicing and all that. So if they could splice people together from their own people and the uh homo uh whatever the homo. original people no, the people, it's the scientists. No, the homo erectus? <laughs> yeah, homo erectus. Homo- <laughs> homo erectus. That, that is such a great name. Um, yeah. He <laughs> 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 can the homo erectus and then the animaki together. You know, like that, that can be taken a lot of different ways there. <laughs> This That's is why awesome. I love this show. Um, if they could splice that together, wouldn't it be easier just to splice the gold itself and cut out the middleman of slavery? No, you're going to have to have slaves. Why? Why? If you can make the gold, okay. Okay, let me look. Let me put it this way. Okay, if you can just make milk, okay, why do you need the middleman of the cow? Well. Because if you've ever tried to drink milk that's been man-made or man-manufactured, it'll make you gag. It tastes like like crap, you know. Wait, so I I've mean, never had man milk. Yeah, I man milk and he comes. You know, okay. Well, that didn't come out right. Going down. Okay, we're we're like we're like you know going into the rabbit hole here where we don't want to be. Wait, I know what it is. We we haven't had a break. That's what it is. No commercial break. (laughs) Well, we're gonna take one here in in ten minutes. I think we can we can stretch it out a little bit. That's the one thing about having this new show is I love not having breaks just because I don't want to have to listen to get your troll spray here um and drink your man milk yeah drink your man milk and (laughs) something about the andy griffith commercial i kind of like though because that's like educational where andy griffith's Uh, like but the law can't use this kind of help that's educational i like that but but (laughs) some of that like i don't know man i don't know oh oh, randy over here randy's over here on, on the side making comments he says oh here we here here we go you can milk anything. <laughs> okay, let, let's let's go back on UFOs, man. Let's 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 yeah. go back. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so, actually, I think we're having better luck on this man milk thing. <laughs> so my point is, 
I, I'm sorry I brought up the milk analogy. So my point is, though, if you can, if you have the science to make a completely new type of species that has never been created before, if you have that power, then why wouldn't, why well, wouldn't you, you have the power? Maybe you need something. It's metallurgy, off. dude. There's, you, there's certain things you just can't create out of nothing. You've got to have all the right. Uh, all the, the right ingredients, basically. Yeah, but for me, it's it's like it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact. Okay, that... well, wrap your head around this. How about? <laughs> well, that didn't come out right either. But listen, okay, so <laughs> okay, so listen, so let's say, <laughs> let's say, we can go to the moon. We can send, you know. Uh, all kinds of stuff to Mars and float around and, and orbit stuff and, I mean, satellites here and there. But yet we still come down with the cold and we can't fix it. And we, oh, it's just a virus. You're just going to have to, you know, walk it off or sweat it out or whatever the case may be. But, you know, so, I mean, w there's certain things you can do and certain things you can't. I mean, so, I mean, it just that's just the way it goes. So, um... You know, that's like, that's another thing that I, <laughs> we have to talk about. Like, there's so much that we have to talk about. And that's why it's good that on these shows now, we can just talk about a whole bunch of things within one episode. Because, like, this is went from Rendlesham to Anunnaki to... To Man Milk. Barney and Barney to Man Milk. You know, like, <laughs> there, there's there's so many great talking points that okay. fall in all these Okay, categories. real quick, and, and real quick, this one's going to go to Dylan. Okay, we had uh, Rick Warren. Who's in the in the chat? And he says, "I need a definitive definition on Homo erectus." Listen, I'm not the one that brought Homo erectus into that. That was Renee. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Renee, you at... you you said it. Explain. I don't. Want uh, hold on, I gotta Google it. Yeah. I, I'm not sure which. <laughs> I don't want... before. <laughs> well, you're you go if you yeah. Google something like that, Renee, you're probably going to have all these absurd and uh, yeah, disgusting pop-ups come up. In my and history, you know, sorry. and you being only human, you're going to click on those. I know. All right, Homo erectus, meaning upright human, is an extinct species of archaic humans that lived throughout most of the Pleistocene Geological Epoch. Its earliest fossil e uh, evidence dates back to 1.8 million years ago. Those were some so hard there you words. go. It's and, a good thing I didn't have to read that. See, <laughs> I'd be stumbling. <laughs> and 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 Chet said, uh, as far as a definitive definition, Chet comes on there and he says Viagra. So that's the definition for it. And uh, then we got Sue. She comes up laughing. She says Dylan got all flustered. <laughs> you know, you um, whippersnappers. This show has has really taken a toll. <laughs> this, this has taken a turn, uh, you know. But this is good though. This is good for you guys because your spirits are high now until they're crushed Saturday when you're filming all day. Oh so, yeah. yeah. This is a good thing. See, just Eddie immediately just died as soon as I brought it up. Oh no, film. I'm I'm so looking forward to this, but I I, I, know. I know how tired I'm going to be. I just know it by the end of the night. You know, Renee, you're going to have to you're going to have to carry this Homo erectus around. <laughs> That's why I'm happy. I'm all the way. I'm all the way up here in the in the great state of Pennsylvania. I don't have to worry about filming. All I have to do is go live, do some ads. Hey, after that, I have to go play some D and D. Yeah. After D &D. that, you're you're not going to get home in time to play D and D. We're going to be there till I'm sure after midnight. Oh, that's fine. We we play till two or three in the morning. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. 
is I think we're going to take a break. And i got to find something on here I can play that yeah. I'm not going to get pinged on. I, I have a question about the ad before we take it. Um, how long is said break going to be? Because oh. last week everyone gave me hell. Okay, well, um, let's see here. Let me find something to play, and I'll tell you the length of time we have. Okay, take um, your time. <laughs> yeah, so, Renee, you don't know. Last week, um, you know, you, you missed, and... It was pretty much, I was filibustering for the first 25 minutes of the show, and then we took an ad at halftime, much like the Super Bowl, and I thought, okay, we haven't taken an ad, this is the first time we're on this schedule, it's going to be like a longer ad. I get back, and everybody's already been on for like seven minutes, I'm like, everybody in the comments is like, oh, Dylan, thanks for joining us, and I'm like, people, how am I supposed to know? That's how I normally do it, I'm usually in late anyways. It was great, let me tell you. Okay, so I guess right now, um, geez, you know, I'm trying to find something that we can actually play that we won't get pinged. Because every time I play something, we always get pinged, and I end up having a fight with uh, uh, all the different yeah. That's, you know, that's going like, to happen. Oh, that's our song. Though. That's not your Cause, song. Because everything's based off of another song. And it, it's like, that's the problem with like Facebook and whatnot. They go off of like, it's not like someone's listening and reporting it. The computer like picks up on the algorithm. Oh, and like computers. if the algorithms, if the algorithm is even slightly like something else, it'll take it down. Like when we had that big debate with them over our intro music sounding like some Pink Floyd song. Um, it's just for some reason these computers are like so intelligent that like they're picking up on things that aren't there. Okay, so we're gonna play this song. It's called "What Shall I Sing." Okay, it is uh, basically no one should claim this thing. I mean, really. So how long, Eddie? How long? Oh, we're looking at five minutes. So we'll be back <laughs> oh, in five minutes. Let's go get some coffee. We'll take a break. Everybody, run to the bathrooms and 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 take care of your. Uh, of of your uh or whatever it's, you want to call bi- it it's a bio break yeah yeah and and, and uh take care of any man milk you might have or whatever oh dude you gotta let that go man you gotta really I, I can't i can't it's like stuck in my head now now we gotta we're gonna <laughs> Thanks, have to look Dylan. up i want to i want to just i want a definition of man milk there uh renee so <laughs> no that's that's all up to you you're the one that's, that's like jonesing on it <laughs> all right so here we go this is uh what shall i sing Cyber Sounds of Halloween. And uh, let's see if we don't get dinged on this, but we probably will. But anyway, let's try it.
And we are back live, everybody. My name is Eddie Hill. I am the host of your show. And I appreciate everyone who's in the audience watching. It was uh, an extremely good break. Actually have some more coffee. And a lollipop that my daughter left. So I took it. And uh, we are done with the break but I think everybody is still gone can you believe that oh well at least I'm back but just to let you guys know I did come up and I found the uh, I found what the definition of man milk was and I'm gonna I, read I it to you know. huh I don't want to know. Hey, we got the definition of it. We're going to go ahead and, and spill it. <laughs> that this didn't come out right either, did it? Crystal geyser. Okay, man milk. And this is coming from the Urban Dictionary. So mm -hmm. we looked up Urban Dictionary Do man not milk. Use the Urban Dictionary. Hmm? What are you urban dictionarying, Eddie? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a wrong thing. Okay, to look up. It is the warm, moist, milky white fluid that discharges from. Um, okay, we're gonna like skip this next couple of <laughs> words. What did here. he look up? Man milk. <laughs> yes. When, You're an idiot. <laughs> and, and then it says <laughs> when when you milk a man's udder, man milk comes out. <laughs> All right, you've got to stop, man. Okay, so so this now we... This is a PG-13 uh, show. Well, now, technically... And, and it, it says PG here, you know, and, and I'm just going from what this says. I don't know. You know, you guys might but know different, but it says it's got a very displeasing taste. So I'm going to believe oh that. I'm just going to go with that. What the hell has happened? I don't know what happened to the show, man. I thought we were talking yeah. about UFOs. Welcome to the Human Anatomy Analytical. Um, I'm your host, Dylan <laughs> Holiday, and Eddie Hill and Renee are along for the ride. We're talking about man today. Hey. Oh, God. But at least now we know, right? Yeah. And now everybody... Are you eating a popsicle right now? No, it's a lollipop. It was one of my daughters. Oh, she left it here. What, what is happening? Yeah, what the hell happened to the show? It's all going. I don't know. Like, okay, but these these shows are good though, because this is like how we are. We we're just talking, we're having fun. Like, this is like ideal. This is perfect. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not Mr. Serious on the rest of the shows. I'm really just you know. Yeah, that, see, that, so that's how we are though, and this is this is. You know, this isn't the norm of the show, but I think because you guys are working so hard for the next couple, 
you know, weeks, this is important to just kind of have a chill, nice little, you know, calm before the storm, if you will. You know, there's no sense in, in busting our asses Thursday, you guys, you know, busting your asses Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then poor Miguel busting his ass for the next month and a half working on everything, you know. <clears throat> right, so Chet, Chet gets on here, and Chet says, so who has the supple grip on his show? So um, that all depends on what you're calling a, a supple grip there. Uh, I knew where we were going with Chet. it. I already knew. <laughs> Um, so oh, <laughs> the innuendos are real, you know. I have to say, I'm very proud of the creativity, though. Everybody's so creative this episode. It's like when you're in kindergarten finger painting. <laughs> I can't stop coughing. I was eating that <coughs> lollipop. Ugh. Yeah, why are you eating was a lollipop? It nasty? Yeah, what the hell? Must have been the <clears throat> that man milk thing that made me choke. Oh God. So that. <laughs> I'm so sorry I brought up the cow. I should have never talked about a cow. I should have picked something else. I should have picked anything but the cow. I thought of the first thing that produces something, and I thought of a cow. You know, the first thing that produces something. <laughs> what do you want? Oh from my god! I'm working so hard to keep this show flowing, and you keep dragging it down, Eddie. You keep dragging it down. <laughs> <laughs> We're so we, we are talking about Rendlesham Forest and the UFO sighting there, guys. I mean, we're we're not like too far off the subject. I mean, <laughs> we we okay. have everything we were talking about so far is kind of unexplained. Okay, that's true. That is true. That's so, definitely unexplained. You know, I looked it up though. I found it in the Urban Dictionary. So why would you pick Urban Dictionary? Because it had Renee, to be uh, true there. You're supposed to be the responsible one, Renee. Why would you allow him to look it up on Urban Dictionary? I, I don't have control over this. He's oh the one that has God. control over this. It's like it's like a big he has, child. He has a control of the, of the, of the network <laughs> and the streaming. I can't do anything. I can't bleep him out. He's, he's, I'm gonna Urban Dictionary it. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Chet, Chet says it's a Pennsylvania thing, isn't it? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it must be man milk <laughs> made in Pennsylvania. Uh, God, you gotta love it. But this is why this show's so much fun. Yeah, you'll never hear another show talking about these things. You know, other shows, and this is true. And, and I, I want to say this: other shows on the last network, you know, the Troll Spray Network, they were talking about Trump in every episode. And this show doesn't get political. Thank God for that. Uh, we'll now he's eating string cheese. Oh my god, it's like a third grade lunch. I have a lollipop and I have three string cheese. Hey, Do you know let's, let's not forget the spoonful of peanut butter I had before I came back into the room. <laughs> what is what, what? You have the palate of a of a three year old child. It's so fantastic. Hey, it's good stuff, and then you can play with this stuff too. You ever played with string cheese, dude? What? Look. This stuff is great. I'm so interested what he means by playing with it. <laughs> He's playing with string cheese. Do you do the helicopter with your string cheese, Eddie? I do the helicopter with a lot of things, my buddy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my uh, God. Encourage him. <laughs> Eddie, you're drunk. Go home. We we have we have lost the control of the show. Our host has has now taken our show to a completely. What happens when he forgets to take his medication? 
Yeah, must must have. Or you know, normally it's like a co-host that's angry. No, this no, no, is no. Our host. What what this is is stress relief. Out of all the stress I've had all this week getting prepared for our shoot on Saturday. This is true. This is good. This is a lighthearted episode, and this really is how we talk as as people. This is how me and Renee talk after the show. This is how you know me and Eddie talk when we're not talking about Anunnaki. Uh, this is just how we are as people. We're, we're super chill, and I, I love this episode. This is probably my favorite thing that we've done. Um, and we've talked about it. We've stayed on task for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Um, but I do want to say, like, what my point was is, is, like, I'm so happy that these are the conversations we can have instead of, like, just depressing the audience for two hours. Like, oh, we don't depress the audience ever. We love yeah, the audience. The audience loves, you know, they, they really do. Oh, yeah. But I think but I think we're making people laugh. I think we're having a good time. I think that, you know, I hate to toot my own horn here, but me coming on the show brought like a laughter to this show. Like it I try to make jokes, I try to have fun with it, and I think that's kind of Reaganomics its way into the rest of you now. That's a that's a trickle that's a that's a political joke, you know, a trickle down that's economics. Now, economics. Now, Shut real up, quick, Renee. now now real quick, getting back over to Rendlesham, uh Chet makes a point on here and he says, Why have so many people tried to smear Sergeant Penniston and Sergeant uh Bustinza? I mean and, and seriously, the reason well, it's being because of the zero one zero one thing. Huh? It was because of the UFO it was because they touch a UFO. Well nobody can believe that. It's it's a it's a really hard thing to to, to to swallow, I'm not making pun of anything, but you know, it's it's a it's a hard thing to swallow as far as that goes. It's not something you hear every day, and they're going to do whatever they can in order to make them look like they're they don't know what they're talking about. Me personally, I believe the whole thing. I, I believe the I believe in the binary code that that they saw. I believe in all that. As far as a lot of people have a hard time with it, and uh, I. Honestly, I don't. I don't have a hard time with it because I can I actually see something like that possibly taking place. And if he's, I, I, I mean, and not only that, but there wouldn't be any coincidence of him putting all these ones and zeros together and it coming up with the translation that Renee read earlier. You know, I so mean, what are I the chances? That question may have been kind of relayed to me in a way. And I do want to say that I, I've tried really hard to listen to everybody's opinions and, and, and understand everybody's sides. And I just want to say that um, I think I've done a pretty good job of not, you know, um, smearing anybody because I am open to listen to anybody's story. Um, I just, it's hard for me. What's your take um, on it, Renee? What about the, the, the zeros and one thing? Yeah. I mean, give me your take on as far as the binary is, code. It is a little hard to believe. It might be true. It might be. It might be true. But it is. It is really hard to believe. I've heard so many strange stories in my life about UFOs. I've interviewed so many people, and um, that is one of the stranger ones that I've heard. I've no. I didn't interview this guy, but um, he could have just made it up. It sounds like it's made up. It sounds kind of far fetched, even in my book. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of iffy about it. Uh, it's not, I'm not like Dylan. Dylan doesn't believe it at all, 100%. And I give a lot of slack, though. I'm, like I said... I'm on the fence. I said, I'm willing to believe that they saw the orange orb in the forest. I'm willing to even go along with the fact that maybe they saw that orange orb burst into five separate things and, and you know, ascend, and then they 
you know, happened to see five spaceships later. I'm willing to maybe say that happened. But when you get to the binary code thing, that's when I'm like, all right, I I don't know. You know, like I'm willing to give a lot of slack um, because, like I said, I don't know. I was not there. And um, uh, uh, Charles Holt is one that says in any time he talks about it publicly, he says, look, I understand there are people that will not believe this because it's crazy. He said, and I get that. He said, but I was there and I saw it. You know, so um, I give him all the credit in the world. And like I said, another quick plug for his book, um, The Halt Perspective. You can go find it on Amazon. It's like $10. It's it's his story. It's, it's everything um, through the eyes of the guy who lived it. Um, <clears throat> and... Every everything that I looked up about him, he seems like just such a professional and a humble guy, and that's why it, it, it's it's bittersweet for me to say that I don't believe, because in a way I I want to believe because he's just such a nice guy about it, but in a way I just can't. Well, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that Aiden and I have done. There's no way I would have believed unless we unless I experienced it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, see, Eddie's seen more a lot of strange stuff than I have, but uh, the stuff that we've seen, the UFOs and the ghosts, and oh all the yeah, stuff we've seen incredible stuff, and and that's one reason why I I really can't wait to get Dylan down with us and uh, where we can actually uh, take him on an investigation because I have a feeling, and you know as well as I do, Renee, that things normally happen to your skeptics when you're out and about. You know, before no, they happen to anybody actually, else. I, it's the other way around for me. Not me. It, it's, it's the people who believe. It's it's what is that when it happens to them? It's 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 usually the people who don't believe and nothing happens to them. They'll just not believe it, and then nothing will happen. Well, no, it, things will happen, but they try and disbelieve it away. It's hard to disbelieve certain things, though. Like, even if you're there and, and, and you hear something, it's hard to disbelieve it. Now, there are certain things, like, obviously, if some one guy hears footsteps upstairs, to me, it just sounds like creaking, you know? Um, but, like, if, if there's a spirit in front of me just standing there looking at me, I can't debunk that. What am I going to say? It was you know, a hologram. About, you know, talking about spirits. A, you know, you can see a ghost. It, uh, it could be sitting right in front of you. You can see it as plain as day, and the person next to you doesn't see a damn Is thing. And, and, well, that's the same thing with EVPs, Renee. You could be standing right next to me, pick up a great class AVP. My recorder has nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, same with UFOs. Uh, I, well, this was about five or six years ago. I was on a rooftop. Uh, the guy I was working with said he saw UFOs right there in front of him, and I couldn't see it. I could he was like, it's right there. And I couldn't see it. It's one of the strangest things. Yeah, do we think that's like a, an example of people being almost clairvoyant? I don't know if that's the right word to have. Sensitive. Yeah, Sensitive. <clears throat> yeah, I guess some people would be more, um, you know, clairvoyant or more sensitive, as Eddie said, to certain things. So some spirits, I believe, are attracted to certain people. And that's why um, a lot of paranormal investigators, I feel like, are protected. And a lot of them are unprotected. You know, um... I think that if you go in respecting the environment, because even as a skeptic, I still respect it. Uh, we talked about it last week when we had, um, oh, who'd we have? What was it? No, not oh, no. that one last week. Uh, Eddie, what was the name of the fellow we had on last week? Dan, I oh, think. Oh, Dan, Dan LaFave. Yes. Uh, when we had him on, I was talking about how, to me, everything's history because I'm such a history person. 
So I have such respect for these buildings, these locations, and and the, the spirits that may or may not be there. Whereas some people don't have that. And I feel like those people aren't as protected as me who goes in appreciating that. Um, I'll also say, like, EVPs are a strange thing to me because I feel like EVPs because it's hearing, and Eddie, you know how good I am with picking up on audio anomalies. We've right. had a couple of we've had a couple of instances where I've picked up on audio anomalies, and sometimes I feel like somebody hears something, and then they say it, and then everybody else starts hearing it. Yes. it's like that Laurel or Yanni thing. Okay, where some people hear this, so they're saying the oh. you know this and then some people hear this so they're saying this but someone who plays an evp for you someone who caught an evp if they think that the evp said get out and then their name let's say their name was michael get out michael they hear get out michael and because they said they heard get out michael you're hearing get out michael because they've yeah. planted that in your head that's, that's a lot of the EVP that's oh, why no. EVPs were something. Are we getting a call? I don't know. That's why EVPs to me are something you should listen to yourself before you talk to anybody, and you shouldn't yes. discuss them. That's a bad thing about some of these ghost shows. Yeah, they'll play it and say this is what it sounds like, and they put a text at the bottom. Yeah, and then and they, they put say, a subtitle. So that's what well, EVP I didn't hear that. Actually, a lot of the yeah. shows I hear are just a bunch of garbage. Like yeah, so. I don't know if I'm allowed to give this example, but I don't think I'll care. Do so it, about it. a month ago, about a month ago, Eddie did a Eddie did a documentary. Somebody asked him to film with them with him. And so he did a sit down interview with this group. <clears throat> and he was in his, you know, podcast room. And one of the audio parts, the guy goes, I picked up something really weird. Can you describe it? And Eddie and he sends Eddie the clip, and Eddie listens to the clip. And Eddie's like, I can't explain this. I don't know what it is. I remember so that. Like, so they're thinking that it's like some type of spirit or something angry. And Eddie goes, Dylan, I want you to listen to it and tell me what you hear. So I listen to it, and you can hear there's something there. So I listen to it probably 30 times. I'm listening to it for 10 minutes straight and me and Eddie are on the phone and I'm just listening to it over and over again. And then the sound pops into my head of what it was. I said, Eddie, do you have a phone with a motorcycle ringtone? And then Eddie said, my son, Daniel texted me and I remember or he called me and that's his, my ringtone for him. And I turned it off real quick. So the sound that came through was a motorcycle ringtone. Yeah, it was a Harley. And these, and these people had it like, <laughs> you know, it was, <clears throat> it was something evil, you know, latched onto the audio. And um, that was a fun experience. It was fun to, fun to listen to that. But th that's how EVPs are. In, they're the same way. EVPs are the same way. One guy says, no, I hear something ghostly. And then everybody else hops on the, oh, it's scary. I'm spooked. You know, oh, that sound wasn't here before. You know, people don't take the time to, to listen or to. And a lot of times people just don't understand the environment they're in. Because like. It's, it wasn't like that was like a song that was playing. It was a ringtone of a motorcycle. Right. You know, <clears throat> and it just completely s slipped Eddie's mind that that was a ring his ringtone. Yeah, well, and I totally forgot the about that, but you picked up on yeah. it once you listened to it a few times. Now, we're yeah. going to go to take a quick break real quick. 
Um, we have actually got permission from the writer of this song. And uh, her name is Sheila Victoria Ann. And uh, she uh, she's the one singing on this. And uh, just to give you all a little behind the scenes, she is the one who is going to be playing uh, on uh, Anunnaki. And uh, so she's going to be Chimera, but she also sings. And this is from her. And I just got approval from her that I can play it on here. And I, I appreciate it. Sheila, thank you so very much. We appreciate that you're going to allow us to play your music. And this one's called Red Room. So we're going to be back in about four minutes and uh, we'll be right back.
back live everybody um uh, hope you all enjoyed that one that was such a cool cool song a, and like song, i said right? you know that one was called red room and uh we appreciate it sheila thank you so much for uh sharing that with us and we have another one that we have i'm not sure we're gonna have enough time for it later but uh kind of like might want to try and squeeze in one other if i can but if we can't you know we'll definitely get these on here for you guys to listen to as we go along and uh, we'll be giving Sheila a plug as well because she's really worked hard in, on all this music and just a great personality. She's going to do great on as a part of uh, Chimera on Anunnaki. And uh, so she'll be filming with us on Saturday as well. And uh, we have a great cast, people. I mean, every one of our actors are so, so awesome. And uh, we're, we're so much looking forward to uh, having everybody with us. And, and it, it, we got a great cast. It's just a great cast. Uh, Renee, you've seen some of the cast, haven't you? I know you haven't been able to keep up too much with it. Yes, I did. Yeah, so we've been we've been working really hard to get get a good cast for the show. And uh, if you haven't had a chance, go to our Anunnaki page on uh, uh, which is on Facebook, and that way you can keep up to date with all the behind the scenes. We're going to be going behind the scenes a lot Saturday, so we're going to be shooting behind the scenes. We're going to be talking. To all the different actors including our lead actor which is playing austin and uh he is the he's going to be the lead so he's going to be really really cool to talk to and uh he's going to really pull this off everybody i mean this is this is something that's going to be very big so this will be your opportunity to meet these guys before this thing explodes so uh please follow anunnaki on facebook and uh we're going to be putting out a lot of information on that. So we also have an Anunnaki group that's attached to it. So if you get to the Anunnaki page that we have, uh, you can tell which it is because of the DNA strand and all that kind of stuff. And the uh, actual uh, group page has the baby with the DNA uh, strand going around it as well, too. And uh, so we'll be going into more detail as we get closer to the filming date. But anyway, welcome back. We've got uh, Renee Rodriguez co-hosting. We also have Dylan Holiday, also known as the Big Quincy. And uh, Dylan is going to pretty much be doing a lot of the radio shows, the busier we get with the film. And yeah. uh, so he's going to be uh, kind of taking the bull by the horns and uh, riding out on this one out in the middle of the ring with it and uh, jumping out into the public with uh, all the it's happenings. It's so crazy for me to think, like, a year ago, I knew I wanted to do a show, 
in one year without being a you know without going through college i've gotten myself a mic i've gotten myself uh you know this whole lovely setup that i have i have a mixer here and i'm doing a show and that's so humbling to me you know not everybody has that luxury and you guys brought me on and, and, and gave me a place to do my do a show so i appreciate that and i'm so happy that you know while you guys are away i get to kind of man the fort i do want to say um that song um was such a great song as a songwriter myself little known fact some of you know uh, I, I um i do i write songs constantly and um that was one hell of a song that was such a good song and such a great song uh to go of course on the soundtrack you know what i really you know what i really like about these songs that she does is that they're very i, I guess you i, I want to say that they're they're very Celtic like they're they're they've got that haunting tone to them that really kind of pulls you in and and it's it's really a cool thing I mean I really like it quite a bit well if you ever do a western Eddie I, I got you yeah um, absolutely you know my, my twangy music um but you know I don't think people realize how difficult it is to to write something like a story or a song or a film or a book it's so much more difficult and when you're someone who can say that you can do that it's so it, it makes you proud to say it makes me proud to say that i can write a song but now having said that i can write a song i tried to write a nice little story i couldn't do it i failed miserably i got like three pages in and i was like i just can't do this um you know and i think that's how it is with a lot of people eddie do you think if i asked you to write a song and gave you a topic you could do it Probably so. I, I've got my mind just goes crazy. The minute I focus into something, I just start. You know, I just well, start going you, at it. We were talking about this. Um, I forget now. Um, a while ago, and and you had said the the phrase, um, you were volunteering lies. And you said, Dylan, you should write us. And I said, that'd be a really good name of a song, Voluntary Lies. Yeah, because we, so, we, we were actually talking about uh, the fact, uh, uh, you know, like, country music and cheating songs and that kind of thing and just volunteering lies just popped into my head um and you said you know you're volunteering lies and um i said that'd be a good song title and you go you should write a song and you said i want it to have a merle haggard type vibe and i wrote a little song and it has that kind of vibe like that's something that's so i'm so proud of unfortunately i can't play an instrument though I am handicapped with that. I cannot play an instrument. I could not imagine playing an instrument or learning how to play an instrument. But I don't know. I've it, heard about you in the skin flute. Oh, I hate you. You should. <laughs> t- if, if you have not, if you have not, um, if you have not learned to play an instrument, you definitely should. I am trying desperately to learn how to play this little metal item. This is a harmonica for those of you who don't know, and I can't play it. It's 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 too hard. It's way too hard. So um, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But um, yeah you know while, while these guys are working on movies and you know things so much better i'm going to continue to work on my own music and uh, and the show so that's that's what we have going on in everybody's lives and then school starts up for me here at the end of the month yeah I mean, you're gonna be a senior i'm gonna be a senior in high can school. can you I'm all believe that our own our, our very own dylan is gonna be a senior in high school i mean wow it's so upsetting to me it's so upsetting to me that, like my hair is white like there's patches of white 
Like, I was looking in the mirror this morning, as a matter of fact, and the camera's not good enough to pick it up. But right here on the right side of my mustache, there are three white hairs right at the top. Oh, that's when I started getting gray hair in high school. And I was like, oh my god. But this has happened before. Like, I've had them in my hair, um, and I, I have an albino patch on my ankle which just is white hair. I don't understand it. It's an albino patch because it's like solid white. It has no color. Can, can we like uh, change your nickname to Mittens? Go to hell, Eddie. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh. No, the big Quincy, Eddie. That's what the nickname is. It's big Quincy. Um, <laughs> God. Um, but, uh, but like, so I have this little albino patch and, um, and yeah, I was looking in the mirror this morning, and I go, there's three white hairs on my mustachio. And I was like, I am 18 years old. I am too young to be old. And I was like, I hate this. I feel like Eddie. Old, tired, crusty. Yeah, cranky. But I still have my hair. My hair might not look good, but I still got it, and that's all that counts. Hey, wait till it starts <laughs> turning loose before it turns gray. I'll, I'll fight you. We'll have a fight. Listen, you know, the plan is to get down to Texas next year, you know, after I graduate. Let me tell you, sir, if when I get there, I'm bald, we're going to have a fight. If you get <laughs> there, gonna, if you get here and you're bald, I'm going to laugh. It's going to be like the fight scene from the song My Name is Sue by Johnny Cash. That's what it's going to be like. That's what I'm picturing in my head. Oh, great song. Never listen to it. Go listen to it. Good song. Um, God. Um, oh. But back to the actual topics at hand here. Yeah. So let's let's finish off. I'll finish off saying just um, why I don't believe what I don't believe because I really didn't explain that. I explained why I believe what I believe. Um, so obviously the binary part of it, I don't. I, I don't. I don't believe, and I guess a part of that's just because I don't understand it there is a part of it where it's just like understanding but to me it's easier for people to make up something than people think and i know we want to believe everybody's honest and nobody can lie and i know we want to believe that but the world is full of people who will lie about anything um you know for exposure or anything and so to me it's not out of the question that this guy would have had his original military journal and years later learned some binary code and then started jotting it down in his original military journal and then, you know, pull his military journal out and say, oh, yeah, this was me. I found this. I touched the craft. And, you know, that's not out of the question for me. Um, it's one of those things where I think that this person may have seen the fame that um, Charles Holt was getting and they decided, hey, I was there too. And they blew it up. And it just kept getting bigger. You know? And, and this is something where um, it's the reason that it's so heavily debated is because there's not a lot of information on it. Legitimately, we finished our rundown on everything in the first 10 minutes. Um, and that's that's all the information we had. And even when we did the Philadelphia experiment, which we flew through fantastically, when we did that, that was like 15 minutes. Okay, so this was even less than that. You know, this was this was super quick, and this is all the information we have. You know, um, so I think that's why there's a big debate. People debate things 
that they that they didn't see but they read articles on or they read books on like that's why roswell's so famous because they, they were told oh there was a flying saucer then they were told it's a weather balloon then there were pictures of a flying saucer then there were pictures of a guy holding a weather balloon then there were pictures of alien bodies then there were pictures of you know other well, stuff i don't think we'll ever know what it really happened there no. it's just so no you'll so never know story. Yeah, and it happened so long ago. I know it. What was it? Nineteen was it? Forty seven happened. Oh it yeah, happened. I would say so. Yeah, it happened. It happened such a long time ago. And, and that's another thing. And then you had people who were coming out with stories. The the, the guys who were first responding, in the, the military personnel that first responded, came out and said it was like no metal we had ever seen, and we took a sledgehammer and tried to hit it, and it wouldn't die. And, and um, you know, then the farmer was like, oh, yeah, it was a spaceship. And then, you know, the military said, no, it's a weather balloon. And then they took pictures of a weather balloon. And uh, and, and also the, the crash dummies. Don't forget the pictures of the crash dummies. It was so well, yeah, which there were, like I said, there were supposedly pictures of aliens and there were pictures of crash dummies. Yeah, there's just so much happening. Um, where, you know... So if so what what is it that's what's your final opinion on the on uh this whole Rendlesham Forest? I believe that there are parts that are true. I believe it was blown up from fact. I believe that the original facts were skewed in a direction that nobody could disprove, and that's why we have that. Because nobody kind of lies though yeah you, you sprinkle some 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 truth in the lies yeah. and you'll never be able to figure exactly. it out exactly that's what i think it was i think that i think that charles holt's account which was audio recorded um the only reason i believe his side of it is because it was audio recorded um and i just i don't know i have a problem i feel like audio recording you well, could hear the second night the second night of the incident and on the 28th of december when they went out looking, when they the UFOs came back again, supposedly, uh, this is what Colonel Holt said, that there were cameras out there, and they were recording it. Mm-hmm. So there were actual camera cameras out there, because they saw a green glowing mist, and everybody went out there, and they started looking at it. So supposedly there's something out there. I mean, somebody has pictures of this See, stuff. I heard different stuff. I, I heard that there were no cameras, and I heard that the mist was like a white mist, but it was like a super thick fog-like. It was and a it green just green glowing mist. Was it? Green like glowing, I said, a, bottom, my, a foot off the ground, or a foot, uh, foot tall, and it was like, it was only just one little part of the forest. Yeah, so if there were cameras there, I mean, the military probably destroyed it if they're you know, shutting yeah. Oh, I up. think I think those are well locked away, probably within the uh, Ministry of Defense in the UK. Oh yeah. Here's the thing that I want to know, because this is another thing we were talking about. How how did they hide the Battle of Los Angeles? I don't know how they hid that. They didn't hide it. It's plain. It's, it's plain oh, sad. that was I mean, never hidden. They they just simply came out and said there was a mistake made, and th- and that's what that's yeah. a story they're sticking to. Oh well, I mean, if hey, I guess less is more in that aspect you know you don't want to dig yourself into a hole like they've done with rendlesham like hey, they've done with roswell we just had we just had sheila also known as a chimera in the movie she just joined up into the into the channel sheila welcome to the channel glad you could make it and uh, everybody give her a, a hello 
she was the one you heard singing just a little while ago. And uh, we're going to try and play one more here in just a moment and uh, before we go. But I, I just kind of want to wrap this up, Renee, you know, as far as the Reynolds and Forrest. What's your, what's your take on it? I, I do believe it, most of it. Um, like I'm, like with, I'm with Dylan, um, the whole zero one one thing. Like I said, I'm still on the fence about it, but I do believe, at least for the most part, they did see multiple craft land on the, the 26th and the 28th of December, 1980. Uh, there were about 60 witnesses or so that saw it. I know only a few of them actually wrote it down and wrote books about it. Um, I do believe something did happen. Um, we, I've, I've, I personally have seen uh, orange and red orbs before in the sky. So I, I do believe that. Um, the, the mists, uh, I also believe in, uh, like I said earlier, there, there were cameras out there. There has to be some kind of evidence. Uh, I was wondering if we could actually do like, um, if we can ask for the information. What is that called? The um, Freedom of Information Act. Maybe Eddie and I can start looking into it. Maybe we get some photograph from this. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, we should we should really try and uh, and look and see if we can get the uh, the photograph from that. Absolutely. The documents from it. I know Nick Pope is the one who broke the story in uh, the early 1990s. He was doing he was um, he worked for the uh, what is it the Ministry of Defense in the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the UK, he was uh, the. He actually ran that. Whole, he ran the whole department. Nick Pope ran the entire department for the UFO sightings in the uh, United Kingdom for the Ministry of Defense. So he's the one to broke the story. Maybe he has a lot more evidence that he hasn't shared. Well, he's already came forward and said there's a lot more to it that he can't talk about because he's still under oath as far as being able to release certain parts of that information. But he is uh, extremely. Uh, uh, he, he, he's very, very, I guess, outspoken in saying that it, this was something that really happened and they just really can't discuss it in full. But he, you know, he was one of the ones that actually went through and investigated this thing. And, uh, yeah, he's very adamant that, that this did take place. I believe so, it. I'm, I believe something did happen. So that's, that's my I, I'm I'm with you on that. I believe that there was an incident that took place. I believe that uh, I believe in that binary code incident. I've got enough information on that to be able to sit here and look you directly in the face and say that this is something that definitely did occur. That it uh, the some this these experiences happened to these uh, security policemen from the United States Air Force. And they kept their notes. And there's no reason how he was going to be able to be writing all these ones and zeros right off the bat because he was not a binary code expert by any means, nor has he had any education or anything at all in binary code. Uh, and, and that's proven because they've gone back into his records to check and verify. So the fact that he has all these ones and zeros and it comes up with this uh, search for uh, 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 however you put it, I, I mean, it, it's, it sounds good. You know that these could be possible time travelers. I mean, that's just that's just far out. You know, if you want to ask me, uh, and especially the, if the date's correct on the eight thousand something, uh, which is like way ahead of where we're at right now. You know, there's no telling what's uh, what's available in technology that far ahead of time. You know, if that's even a possibility. But it is cool to think about. It is definitely a cool conspiracy. And there's so many more out there that we're going to be covering every first Thursday of the month. And uh, with that, we're going to go to play The Blood Moon. 
And uh, this is by uh, Sheila as well. Sheila, we're going to play your Blood Moon song on here, and uh, it's going to go out to everybody. So uh, everybody pay attention, turn up your volume, check this out, listen in. And uh, we're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking more about Anunnaki and the filming of it coming up Saturday before we end the show. So stay tuned, and don't go away.
And we are back live, everybody. My name is Eddie Hill. I'm your host for Paranormal Analytical. We have Renee Rodriguez, my co-host, and Dylan Holiday, also known as the Big Quincy. And you just finished listening to Sheila Victoria Ann. And she is playing the song A Blood Moon. And I think that was just an awesome song. It's such a chilling, kind of haunting sound to it. It's just great. Love this music, guys. Y'all did fantastic. And, and it's uh, it's our pleasure to have you guys on the show with us. And it's a pleasure to be able to play your, your songs on the show as well. We thank you so very much for that. Um, so we're going right back into talking about Anunnaki and uh, the filming of it coming up on Saturday. So we are looking very forward to getting this done and, and to getting the sizzle reel out and about for you guys. And it's going to be so cool because we're going to be doing a lot of behind the scenes and talking to the actors and actresses and uh, the director and producer, Miguel Cantu. We're going to be talking to yours truly because I'll be there as well. We're going to be talking to Renee Rodriguez, who's going to be taking care of all of our electronics and data that we're going to be having because that's what he does. And uh, Patrick Newcomb, who is going to be on set as well, making sure everything's where it needs to be and all the props and everything is up and running the way it's supposed to. So we want to thank everybody for that. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so very much for uh, following us and being with us. And if you haven't liked Anunnaki yet, now's the time to do so. Go on Facebook, look us up. You can tell because we've got the only one that has the DNA strand cruising through it. And uh, we also have the... Uh, the, the group itself, which has the baby within the DNA strand. So like that page as well. Share it with all your friends and family. Let's get this out there. Let's make sure everybody understands that Anunnaki is going to be filmed. We're going to put Texas on the map with this, and it's going to be rocking and rolling the whole time. So what's your uh, take on this so far, Renee? I mean, I know you're going to be uh, playing a big part of making sure all the data is where it needs to be and logged and cataloged. Oh, it's just a typical day at work. I'm just another tech techie nerd taking care of all the uh, electronics and network, the computers and all the data. Eh, it's like another day of work. Yeah, but you know what? This is very, very important, you know, because, I mean, you know as well as I do what happens if data is lost, and especially when you've got one shot at it, and if we lose that data, we lost some data before. Oh, my God, it's such yeah, a nightmare. It's not going to happen again. It wasn't my fault. No one blamed me. I had nothing to do with that data. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, I, I do a great job. Uh, I have to... Uh, I'm a, I'm a super nerd. I, I enjoy my work. I, I, I take care of people, but uh, I know how important it is, and that's going to be my job. That I'll is take awesome. Take care of all the data. I really can't wait. I, I really can't wait for this. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, let's see. We're how many minutes we got? Oh, well, we got a little bit of time. Uh, Alex, hey man, you're on here. Appreciate you showing up, buddy. Sheila, if you're still on, uh, do you think you can call in on Skype and uh, talk to us about being? You know the Anunnaki on uh, an Anunnaki female on Anunnaki on the on the show. If you can do that, just uh, let me know on the text. Just say yep, and I will shoot you the number, and uh, that way you can have it and you can give us a call, and uh, we'll talk to you real quick about what your thoughts are, Dylan. What's your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I'll kind of fill about fill a bust, I guess. Um, I did it last week, so I'll do it again. So I'm so excited. Um, you know, this is something that unfortunately I don't get to be there and be a part of, but hopefully in time for graduation next year and getting out to you guys, I guess I'll announce it. So the, my plan after high school is to move to Texas and work closer with you guys. That is my plan. Um, 
And so I'm really excited to be a part of what's happening in the future. And I'm really excited to become a Texas native. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I think I'm most excited, of course, for the sizzle reel. Um, the sizzle reel, I'm thinking, is going to just blow all expectations. Um, the second thing that I'm really excited for is, of course, while you guys are filming, um, I'm going to be making ads. I'm going to be talking about Anunnaki. So there should be some fun stuff on my end of it, too. Um, and then we talked about maybe doing an interview after all the hard work's done, maybe talking to some of the actors um, on you know, my YouTube, maybe doing some behind the scenes type stuff on my YouTube. Um, and just to kind of help with the promotion of Anunnaki. So, um, I am, I'm really excited. And Eddie has been keeping me really in touch with all the actors and actresses that are being brought on all of the updates and information, all of the songs. I have an inside scoop. I know a lot about the story and I've read the script, you know, numerous times. So, um, you, even you, you have been keeping have, up with that script and, and that's awesome because there's so much to it, you know? Well, even one day, you know, um, we were Skyping while you were writing on the script, we were kind of, you know, chit chatting and going through it together. And, and it was a great time. You know, I've really, uh, I've got to be immersed in this project. So, um, you know, just one more thing that I get to, uh, say i okay we've got we got sheila calling in real quick let's uh answer this hey sheila are you with us hello hello sheila welcome yeah, to paranormal yeah. analytical thank you so much for joining us of course happy hey, to be here well everybody uh you just heard her on the radio you know singing her songs and we were you know very proud to play those for her on here and uh we have her on here now. She's going to be the lead actress on Anunnaki for uh, as far as being a, a female Anunnaki on here. And uh, we're still waiting to see what she's going to look like when she's in full costume. Sheila, tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are now that you're cast for this part. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I never thought that I could, uh, you know, well, first be in this industry. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a veterinarian, a clown, a musician, you name it. I never saw myself as, as an actress. And coming up to Austin has just been life-changing. And now to kind of see that I'm playing this lead alien, femme alien, you know, it's 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 mind-blowing. And I, I got to talk with you yesterday about the script and all the plans you have for season one, two, and three. And it is mind-blowing where you're taking this. So I'm very excited to be a part of it. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be a fantastic shoot, I guarantee it. And I, I think uh, we have such a great uh, uh, selection of, of uh, cast for this uh, for Anunnaki to shoot this sizzle reel. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal by the time it's all said and done. Yes, I agree. I've been uh, connecting with a lot of them via social media, and they look like they're going to be wonderful to work with. So I can't wait for Saturday. Now we we're still waiting to cast one more. We have to, we're trying to cast one more, which is going to play the part of Ahote, which is a Hopi Indian medicine man, and uh, we're still looking for just the right person for that. And uh, once we get that one person cast, we're going to have the full set of cast members for the show, and we're going to be going live a lot while we're out filming this and uh, talking behind the scenes. I'll be interviewing you al along with. Uh, 
the all the other actors, you know, the uh, also the lead, uh, Austin. We're going to be talking to him about mm-hmm. it. He's a phenomenal actor as well. He he can, I, I think he's really going to be able to pull this off in, in a really good way. And everybody's working so hard to make this a reality. And I'm just floored. And, and I want to say thank you for all of you, you know, and all the hard work and dedication that y'all are putting into this for bringing this story to life. And I think uh, when we bring it to life and people see it, I think they're going to be pretty much flabbergasted at the at mm-hmm. the way this the, the whole show is going to go. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't thank you and Miguel Cantu enough, you know, for reaching out or reaching back to us and, uh, you know, allowing us to be a part of everything. Oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. We have such talent on this uh, to, to shoot this. And uh, I see absolutely no reason why it's not going to get picked up and picked up quickly in any network that looks at this and turns the other way i think it's going to be really missing out on a on a on a really big deal and, and something that's really going to take off and, and fly because i remember uh also looking at the walking dead and uh watching the walking dead and uh listening to the story behind that and how they were turned down by mm-hmm. so many stations because of the content <laughs> yeah. of, of these zombies you know and all the killing and all the blood and all the gore and then uh you had AMC that picks them up and I mean, it just explodes and it just kind of runs off the storyboard. And I mean, they're just making, you know, millions and millions and millions doing this show and all these other, all, all these other networks are looking at it going, man, that could have been us and it's too late. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you pass up the opportunity, you're going to be left sitting in the dust because it's, this is one of those type of shows where once it gets up and rolling and people see exactly what the content's going to be and start following closely into it, they're going to uh, they're going to be pretty much hooked into the show. And I, and I think it's going to be one of those shows that we're going to have a, a, a really large following. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. And it's funny you mentioned the word, the word hooked because uh, my band partner, Jason Garcia, and I are actually writing a song called Hooked. It is one of our newest that's going to be on our second album. So going along with that line of just, uh, you know, catching people's attention and keeping it and, uh, you know, doing everything we can to share everybody's talent with this. I think it's just going to be great. Well, you know, we've got so much. uh, We we have so much with social media right now that we can actually get out there and, and be seen and be known and be heard. And uh, I think between all of us and, and all our different followers that we have, and uh, not only, you know, with uh, the radio show or, or with uh, Paranormal Analytical, but also, you know, with you guys and, and everybody else's social media, personal social medias, that when this gets out there, I think we're going to be really, really, really having a, a really good following. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to interviewing you and interviewing the rest of the cast. I, I really am. It's going to be great. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of filming, a lot of talking. We're going to be running tired because uh, I guarantee you I'm going to be there from probably <laughs> about six o'clock in the morning till whenever we finish. And, and probably after that a little bit. And Renee will be also. So don't you're not running away, Renee. You know, they'll go to go home. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> so we're going to we're going to have a lot of people with us. Excellent. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Renee, what questions you got for her? I know you got something. I have no questions. None? All Nothing right. right now. And, he's our, and, 
And see, Renee's our mad scientist in the paranormal field. He's the one that creates all the different goodies that we use to track down hauntings and UFOs and stuff. And then Dylan, he's our radio man. He's he's going to actually be taking over a lot of this show once we start uh, filming more and, and doing a lot more of this stuff with Anunnaki and some of the other films we have coming up as well. So Renee's, uh, uh, Dylan's going to actually be running with the show and, and pretty much doing it himself. But Dylan's also uh, a singer. He does a lot of the the older country stuff. So, uh, I you got anything for her, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I just my question is so obviously you you know the role that you're playing, and um, it's interesting to me that you said that you didn't dream of being an actress. How did you? How are you preparing for playing an alien? Um, you know, obviously that that's out of everyone's comfort zone. How are you preparing for that? Um. Mentally, I am trying to put myself there, actually in, in Austin's shoes, what he would experience, you know, in the scene where I am there speaking to him telepathically. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes and see what he sees, and I'm trying to be that. Uh, physically, I've been working the past few days just going over my lines, um, looking up images of the Anunnaki, what they're believed to be like, reading up about different uh, myths and facts and everything that I can find, really. And and you're right, I, I never dreamed of being this, but I do know uh, one thing is that I'm a pretty weird person. Any, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that I'm not normal by any means. I am outlandish and... Uh, eclectic and it shows in our music it really does we don't define ourselves by any one genre and uh, to give you another kind of tidbit about me and all these different roles I'm playing um, also tomorrow I'm going to be in another short film where I'm playing a cat so it's going to be an interesting weekend so real quick, Sheila, we're going to have to close up, but I want you to be able to tell everybody where they can go in order to listen to your music or if you have any CDs out. Uh, so we're going to give you, give you a chance to give that plug in here, and that way uh, maybe you know people can go over there and listen to you because I think you've got a following already over here as far as uh, people who love your music and, and love your voice. So uh, go ahead and do that plug real quick for yourselves and for your band and everybody, and uh, that way people can actually go and, and check you out. Of course, yeah. So um, we do a lot of our updates through Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Shilava Music. And just make sure the E is before the I in Shilava. Um, you wanna, might want to spell that out for everybody if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. S-H-E-I-L-A-V-A Music. And we are on iTunes. Our first album was released right around this time last year. Um, we're on Spotify, Amazon Music, um, we have Bandcamp if you need the free download, and we did recently release our newest single, which is the um, going to be the top single from our forthcoming second album, and that's called Cups for Kings. In the next month or so, we're going to release our music video for that, so they can find that all on iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, you name it, just type in Shilava. And you're there. And and uh, any Christmas fans out there would appreciate. We also released a Christmas EP this past uh, December. 
So fun stuff. That is awesome. You're such a talented woman. I appreciate you being on the show with us and thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us last minute. You know, we really appreciate it so much. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to working with you and it's going to be great. We're going to have some great times filming this thing and let's get this thing out there and and, uh, let the world see it so that we can continue onward with the story. Excellent. Thank you so much, Eddie. You're very welcome. Take care and tell all your band members thank you. They're great. We love them all, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, back to you guys real quick. Um, got any last words, anything going on, anything you want to say? Yeah, just um, for those of you who want to stay tuned, if we do do anything with my YouTube channel, it's DHX Rampage 22 You can just look up Paranormal Analytical Live, and it should pop up for you. Um we we've been talking about me maybe calling them on skype and doing some interviews and i'll be doing some ads and stuff for anunnaki so while i can't be there to help them in person i will be there in spirit i will also be on my own end doing some things to assist the best way i can thank you all so much renee uh yeah actually you know we haven't talked about this enough but um guys have any experience you guys want to share uh feel free to uh email us or uh send us a message on facebook Uh, we're always uh ready to hear some stories i love i love interviewing people and if you guys have any any stories that happen to you personally i don't want to hear anything like this happened my friend thing i want to know if it's happened to you personal not personal yeah personal stories if you know just email us or uh or just a message uh, on facebook and uh, if you have any primary documents to go along with that, oh I would my God. appreciate it. Pictures, write it. What? I can look. Video, <laughs> like, like government documents. <laughs> no, just like if they have a picture. Everyone has oh, a cell yeah. phone. You can take a picture. You know, if you have a picture or security cam footage, you know, something. Most definitely. All right. So nobody go away. We're going to. That's in here talking. <laughs> but we're got it. We have to end the show. But uh, listen, everybody, we appreciate you showing up. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate everybody out there on Facebook Live. We appreciate everybody out there in Radio Land listening. And uh, thank you so very much. Uh, Please go to the Anunnaki page. Like it, love it, share it. Let's get Anunnaki out there so everybody knows uh, what we're doing and what we're planning on. And uh, we'll be letting out little teasers and little bits of information here and there as we go. Also, this coming Saturday, do not forget, keep a close watch on Anunnaki because we'll be going live behind the scenes. Keep a watch with DX Rampage uh, with uh, Dylan because he's going to be going live as well on his uh, YouTube channel. And we're going to really be blowing this thing up out of the water with uh, behind the scenes footage, behind the scenes pictures, uh, interviews with all the actors and actresses and uh, the director and producer and with myself out on the scene also with the renee and uh with patrick so we're going to be talking about all different kinds of aspects of what it took to put this together so please be uh safe everybody take care watch yourselves don't text and drive don't drink and drive be safe and uh we'll see y'all next thursday and uh we'll have an, another show for you so just uh stay tuned we got a lot more good stuff coming on so until then take care adios not all